Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Chineo Gwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Do you know what the Cavs fans are calling the Darius Garland, Colin Sexton backcourt? What? Sexland. Oh, that's good. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Justin Roan. The NBA season is coming back sooner than expected, and what better occasion to bring together the two rivals, the Chase Down Pod and Locked On Cavs. My co-host is here, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy? How's it going? I, I was going to say this before the pod, and then I, uh, I, I decided I'd say it before the pod because I think, thought it could be kind of a spicy idea. Um, okay. I back channeled my way into seeing Chris's locked on Cavs planning sheet. <laughs> and That's I saw fun. I saw Justin on there like three times. And I for a moment got kind of sad. Like Chris never asked me to come on the pod anymore. But then I realized I pretty expressly told Chris I'm not gonna come on the pod anymore because I don't have time. <laughs> yeah. And I can't justify more than one pod a week. So I had this like really petty shitty moment. Carter, before realizing it's my own fault, so I thought Carter, that'd be a good way to start the pod. In our Carter. in our quasi rivalry, like which I don't think exists, we're like we're like post like Xavier and Magneto and the X Men like fighting. Like we're all just one big happy happy miserable family, or you know. Well, you you again. you two and Justin. No, you, Carter, you're my. I, if I had to, and it comes down to it, and Evans like starts talking to me about Akron University, like. University of Akron first. It doesn't even deserve the full name. Like, but Uh, OU for life, uh, Athens, Ohio. They're circling the Chris. They're circling the drain right now, and they could not exist by the end of the year. So cut me some slack. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'll I'll be alumni of a dinosaur university. Yeah, whatever. Justin, how are you? Do you like this North uh, United States? State college, uh, <laughs> state college shit talk. Is that cool we need like you? we need I, like I nineteen ACT ACT scores to get in? We are on the Chase Down podcast right now. I am Justin Rowan, and I find this to be too self-indulgent. Like, me of all people find this to be too self-indulgent. Those voices you heard are Chris Manning and Evan Damerell of the Locked On Cast podcast. I I have to imagine we have an insane amount of overlap between our two podcasts, because there's probably just a finite number of people that are interested in listening to the Cavs about the Cavs year round. Um, Seven months into the off season. Yeah, exactly. So, but just in the off chance that you do not know who these guys are, they do a great job locked on Cavs five days a week, um, tackling this from a different perspective. And I I think that's why I like having you guys on because you guys operate in kind of a little different space than us. You have a lot more structure, as Carter alluded to, with your schedule and your planning sheet. sheet. I, I have a, I have I have a planning sheet, and Evan is ashamed that I have a planning sheet. <laughs> but no, you don't. I have was going to ask Carter what what, what can you. I was just going to ask. I was just going to ask Carter what the the plan is to get Chris not to have you on the uh, podcast so often, so I could just use it myself. <laughs> but proceed. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm excited though because your planning sheet is about to get a whole lot busier and Carter and I uh freewheeling is going to become easier for us as well because the season is approaching. And Chris, I'm going to start with you. Um what was your thoughts when you saw kind of that December 22nd date come across the the timeline because uh in listening to Brian Winhorse and the Hoop Collective uh today, it sounds like this date's happening. Like they they don't Windhorse is usually the biggest pessimist on the planet, and even he thinks that this is basically a lock to happen. 
I think it's really ambitious. And I think there's just a lot we don't know yet, right? Like we don't know what the cap number exactly is. Um, you know, we don't mm-hmm. know like what, and, and there's, that's going to impact free agency. Like we don't exactly like free agency is going to be one of the most crazy things that we possibly could imagine this year, because I think you're going to get the draft and then shoot like literally right away. You're going to have to do that again. And this is also like a weird free agency class and the Cavs are obviously in this like weird position to do it. Like mm-hmm. I, I think for a team like Cleveland, I, I think my biggest concern would just be like the ramp up. Like, I just don't know what that looks like. And I, I, these guys are all professionals. Colin Sexton is like, like probably like ready to go right now. Yeah. Um, but I think you're like to appease Carter, like you should hammer the Lakers under win total next year. Like there's just no way they're going to like take this <laughs> season seriously, you know, like they're, yeah. they're going to get to the playoffs and be fine, but it's just going to be one of those things where it's like, I think the Cavs being off for so long are going to look really rusty at the beginning and it's going to be weird at the beginning. But I, I think it's, I think it also is just a sign that like the fans thing, um, which I, we can go into as much as you guys want to, but like, I, I think there's the Cavs are one of the teams that very desperately like want to get fans back in, in some capacity. I, I have a story coming out about that soon that about something they're doing um, because they're banking on the in-person experience so hard. But I think this signals more than anything else. Like the NBA is like, okay, like we, we don't think we, by waiting an extra two months that we can have fans in. And, and that is probably in terms of, future cap and future money in the league is pretty much, I think, as relevant as anything. Yeah. And and I think there's an element of just negative forecasting for March, that it's not going to be that different than the situation we're currently in. So from a revenue standpoint, if you're going to be having no fans either way, you might as well go with it. I'm actually not as concerned about the rest aspect. I, I know it's a short turnaround, especially for the teams that are in the finals. But really, these guys, it's not like they had 82 games, playoffs, and then they're back at it a month and a half, two months, three months later. Um, it's They had five months off. They were able to recover from the bulk of the NBA season. And then they were kind of in that bubble atmosphere. And from a player standpoint, Evan, uh, I'd be interested to hear if you agree with this. Um like if you're saying, okay, we could either do this in March and hope there's fans, but we're likely going to be cutting into my summer anyways. Well, it's not like players are going to be able to go out and about. There's still a pandemic. It's not like they're going to have their normal lives. So let's get the season over with. Let's get this started in December and go back to a normal time of year. Excuse me, Justin. They are going out and about just fine. Tristan Thompson yeah. just went on a, a two-week <laughs> <laughs> vacation with Kim Kardashian. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, he, he's he's there with Devin well, Booker too. because he's like he he actually thought that was Colin Sexton. He, he just after seeing Devin Booker shoot around, he's he just kind of mistaked him for Colin Sexton, which is a very easy mistake to make. I respect that you commit into the bit there more and more, but to your point, there's so many uncertainties with the pandemic in itself, like the vaccine and everything. It's a bit of a mad dash to for some pharmaceutical company to get something out. And it's probably not going to be the spoiler alert. Solution. None of none, none of them are going well. They all no. have been like stopped. No. So I got to say, I yeah. did not have pharmaceutical pharmaceutical company on my uh, chase down bingo. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Um, professional Evan, my my t- f- nine to five jobs coming out here um mm-hmm. yeah no i think it, i also just kind of think it coincides with the fact that the olympics are still tentatively planning plan to happen in 2021 so they want to kind of coincide with that and i doubt players are willingly at least meaningful players who like lebron or anthony davis who will likely be playing for a championship again next year will be playing in tokyo and they'll be able to take that time off but like you said justin i, I don't think the players are really going to go anywhere unless they quarantine for two weeks and then you know cheat on your significant other multiple times it still somehow end up at a private island with devin booker i mean <laughs> life works out great for tristan thompson but yeah I, I i'm not too concerned about the back-to-backs thing i think teams have a good grasp of how load management works and how they can circumvent the nba slapping the wrist by citing like you know a phantom knee injury or back injury or something that just conveniently is better two, three days later. And they, they, I think it's just gonna be a lot of rest, a lot of, re, a lot of management as well. Um, I know Danny Green said that there's a good chance LeBron may even just take like the first week or two off or something even longer when he was on one of the shows, the ringer not too long ago. And that, that I see that happening, but the NBA season is always about the marathon. It's not a sprint in itself. And if we focus on the Cavs here, um, 
really these young guys can take their lumps and take their chances. I mean, there is the risk for injury, but like guys like Kevin Love and Larry Nance, Kevin Love, especially, I just be a little lump Larry Nance into this because I don't want him to get hurt. Uh, Kevin Love's probably going to have like pre-managed load management plans. And I think Fedor is the first one to say that like back-to-backs, like Kevin won't play on a back-to-back and maybe a shortened season prevents some of that. But if in the event there is, it's okay. The Cavs, can afford to let their young guys just have as much burn as they can because like Carter alluded to either before we started recording or while we're recording, it's been, we're eight months into the off season at this point for Cleveland. They, they need as much experience and burn as they can get. Yeah. I feel like ultimately it's not going to be, I think if anything else, it like if nothing else that this December 22nd start is kind of an admission of we'd rather have, we'd almost rather burn this season and have it mm-hmm. not be what we want. Um, to not fuck up future seasons, uh, you know, iteratively down the line. And I don't think that we're going to probably get the best basketball product uh, from playoff teams that made deep runs. And similarly, I don't think we'll see a particularly strong basketball product from teams who weren't invited to the bubble. So could be a lot of slop early on, but mm-hmm. I also just could not possibly care less. I'm so happy to have Cavs basketball back and, I think that if nothing else, the NBA can kind of cherish that win is that, you know, it's just really hard to have a nine month off season, especially mm-hmm. for your podcasting community. No, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's why I, you need I'm, a planning sheet. Yeah. yeah well, we need hey, a planning sheet. We, we've done, we've done well. We, I mean, if we no, were doing you guys five, have done great, if we were doing five times a week, maybe we'd have to do a little bit more planning and, and be a little less abstract, but I'm very excited for the rush that's about to happen. Like you're looking at the November 18th draft. Uh, we're now kind of getting into the swing of things. Uh, we are firmly in smokescreen season. Uh, the Warriors have been linked to every single player on the planet. We're firmly in spokescreen season, comma, we fucking hope. Okay, well, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking the general, like everybody around the league, but yes, this is the Obi Toppin week, which uh, is not as exciting for, it seems like the majority of Cavs fans. I, I don't see a lot of support for him on the internet. Um, but then three days after, uh, two, three days after, boom, free agency. And I think it's going to be a lot like 2011 where after the lockout, just bam, you're, we have a new CBA. Here it is. Here's the, the new terms and go. You're go, allowed go, to sign. Go, go. And I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of those agreements are already in place. Uh, there's yeah. not exactly any marquee free agents uh, that are available on the market and not a lot of money to go around. So what's going to be interesting is once we hit that point, the trade market. As soon as you're allowed to trade and that transaction uh, kind of freeze is gone, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of movement, which is going to be fascinating. I want to quickly say, when you talk about this free agency class, um, Chris tweeted something along the lines of like, four to six million for Derek Jones Jr. seems low. And then you linked the art on the ESPN article that have projections for the for the top free, free agents this offseason. I said, what an indictment of the state of this free agency. Class. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it is Jones so bad. Is listed. So bad. No, it's, it's, it's bad. And like, I, it's, I, I, I think about the Andre Drummond trade, like way more than I, than a healthy, like mentally stable person should at this point. But mm-hmm. like, Chris, I have to ask you, do you like shoot up in the middle of the night and your wife rolls over and asks what's wrong? And you're like, I had another dream about the Andre Drummond trade. No, uh, I ju- no, I've I been just talking about pharmaceuticals and shooting up. I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I, I didn't think what about it's been, it's been a dark time since who, I last who came have on. Thought that, the, that the lockdown boys would have been more edgy than us. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a real plot twist. But continue, Chris. Yeah, you know, a little DMT before the pod, like really just <laughs> put you in a cool space. Um, it's like, I, as, as, on one hand, it's like I think the Drummond trade has aged horribly. Like I, mm-hmm. I just am like. Why? Like him, every time he, I think about him taking a three pointer, and then like I'm just, I'm just like, I, I, it's just troubling. But I'm also like, okay, the Cavs not having money to spend this off season is like a really good way not to recreate the Earl Clark, Jared Jack summer. And like for that, like, you know what? I, that that's a that's a good thing. Um, because it, it's fourteen it's, million to DJJ would have come. 
<laughs> it will look like at least he can like def- like knows what he's doing. It probably maybe he could throw an inbounds pass. Like Earl Clark, remember Earl Clark costing at least like three games that season yes, because he couldn't yes. throw inbounds yes, passes. Yeah, um, well un- unbelievable stuff. Um, but it, it's just it's funny like how much about the Cavs doesn't change, even though they're like multiple general managers and multiple head coaches. It's just like oh, the DNA of this team, this team is still like very much here in terms of how it looks at things. Um, but yeah, the free agency market's like weird. I'm, I'm I wonder what I, the trade market is probably the thing that I'm most kind That's, of yeah because it's like you know does 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 like hey is like the 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 hey is there anything with Gordon Hayward picking them's option and like getting flipped somewhere? What happens with Oladipo? Mm-hmm. Um, like does do the Nets do something crazy? Like do does does do the Lakers like sniff around and try and throw Danny Green's money in some something out there? I don't know. Like I that's gonna be most interesting. And I think that there are also just things the Cavs could do that would be just kind of probably out of left field, but also interesting. Um, can, can we and, can we actually know. talk about Hayward? because um, Lowe uh mentioned uh him on the uh on yeah. his pod or somewhere where he basically said a uh, uh, Hayward for um, Drummond swap would probably have to require some extra assets. Yeah, he said Jetty. He said Jetty and like draft assets. And I, I when I, I hear that, I'm like heavily protected first. Yeah, yeah. He, but he I, I still am not doing. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I don't. I, I, I wouldn't unless the you're getting time. I, I would need uh, some sort of traded. commitment. Like I, it's Gordon Hayward. I think he fits the Cavs really nicely because he brings that kind of playmaking uh, on the perimeter. Uh, I think that's good veteran leadership. And let's say if I, I don't know what relationships these guys have, but if he has some relationship with Kevin Love and these guys are like, hey, you know what? Let's make the most of the situation. I think Hayward's somebody that you could bring in that will help the development of kind of the core guys that matter. Um, it, Chris, I, I do find it interesting that you're regretting basically the Drummond trade because I, I do feel like having Drummond on this roster, I, I think the most likely outcome is that he's traded at some point throughout the season. I think he has more value as the season goes on. But I, I think having him just adds such an interesting dimension to this team. And I'm not even talking about what, what he can bring on the court. Like as flexibility, as, as bad as some of his decisions were, it, it's also funny to look kind of at his very brief game log. Like the last three games he had 27 and 13, 28 and 17 and 21 and seven. Like it, it's funny because he is so productive, but then at the same time, does that production actually have any impact on winning? Doesn't, I don't. Yeah, that that's, it doesn't I, seem to be the case. I, I don't. I think I don't think he's a winning like a winning player at the highest level, especially when like he he gives these interviews when Elijah he's like, Drummond? yeah, he gives this interview where he's talking. Well, he's more excited to talk about Oreos, which like secure that bag, my dude. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But he's also like comparing himself to like Jokic and Bead, <laughs> like, and I'm just like, look, shoot, like, shoot, man. Well, okay, but like, you listen to any guy who's been in the NBA for a long time, they tell you like the biggest thing for anyone is like know your role. Andre Drummond clearly thinks his role is like a one star level guy, and there's nothing to me that suggests in his track record that suggests that that's the case. And even the stuff that like you would want him to do in terms of like playing as a drop big, in terms of contesting shots like he doesn't do any of that at like a predictable pre- good level especially for how much money he's making mm-hmm. and i also and again like last season is so weird that i like can't i like can't let myself consider it but i like is drummond gonna come in and be like okay there's these young guys i'm gonna support them and i'm gonna bust my ass off for jb bickerstaff like especially if the, this contract negotiation thing is weird like i just don't know what you're getting out of him and i'm just like let's just go 25 and under plus larry and just like actually do a rebuild in a functional normal way and actually I, I, like build something i don't understand this negativity around drummond i really don't i mean mm-hmm. yeah he plays like a bit of an asshole sometimes so is colin sexton like I, <laughs> like i don't i don't know colin like, sexton's a lot cheaper than andre drummond like, who cares who gives a shit What's yeah, but your your bang bang for your buck doesn't really matter when you're yeah what's, playing what's forty eight minutes like yeah, what's and what's the cap in Cleveland doesn't and matter I, cap I, I nothing. Think, I think there was also value in bringing him in, and this was actually why I was advocating trading for him before they did. I it's disappointing that they didn't get to finish out the season because it would be nice to see what Darius Garland uh, Sexton and KPJ could do with kind of a a 
pick and roll presence like Drummond, even from kind of a team building standpoint, even if it's not going to be him, if you're drafting Okongwu, I think that gives you a better idea what they could have been. But I do think from an asset management standpoint, having Drummond on the roster could, I think you're going to get more for him this season than you would have got for Henson and Knight. And from that standpoint, I'm, I'm, I, I think it was a, a wise gamble to make. Yeah, well, I just if, feel like I feel what like if he gets twenty five million dollars. What if he gets tw- like the, the, the if you pay him a ton of money? That's where I'm. That's where I'm just like I don't I don't know about that. But but Chris, here's here's my irritation with like the way Drummond's being talked about. I feel like Cavs Twitter is talking about him like he already got an extension. We hate exactly. And oh, it, I, I'm pretty, just, it's pretty just, clear that's not coming. Like no, it, it I seems just, like they're far not. apart. When I when I talk about him and I, I should see the floor, but I just like. I just don't know if I think he's like all that like impactful in terms of like an actual winning team and none of this, like it just, when I think about, and this is also kind of how I feel about Topin. It's just like none of the stuff that the Cavs are like, this is what we want to get better at mm-hmm. is what Drummond actually helps you do. His track record doesn't suggest like he's going to build up your defense. He's going to impact your culture. He's going to like come in and like bust his ass and kind of buy into like a role. None of that stuff is like in his DNA as a player. There are there's stuff he does really, really well. And like, if you could get him to be the best version of himself, I am super in on that player to some degree. But none I of the stuff that he does just like possible in Cleveland. Yeah. And 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 none of and again, none of the stuff the Cavs are like saying we want to do better is the stuff he's going to help you do. Like, I, I disagree he, with this. I think I think that he helps you defensively. He's engaged rel- he's relative to what they have on the roster. Yeah. I, so I yeah, think that's, my, that's my thing, guys. Beggars can't be choosers. There is not such an insane amount of talent level on this roster, especially if Tristan Thompson walks that like, like we're just going to be griping about someone else that, yeah. that replaces him. So yeah, I don't want to pay him 25 million, but I think he adds a lot. I think he adds a degree of watchability to this team on, on his good nights. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he ups the talent, uh, the, the floor a bit when he's, when he's playing engaged. I think he presents a big body that allows our guards to uh, play drop pick and roll coverage. Cause God knows they can't switch or do well, well and, and Bickerstaff Bickerstaff's preferred scheme. And again, there's the chance like this team is an imp because this is the first time he's coached a team. That's not like, Marcus all Mike Conley are like interim with Houston. Like I, t- based on what we know for his job either. Right. Like they, yeah. be- they're, they've locked. I mean, you never know with Dan, I guess, but like, he's, he's you're always coaching for your job. Yeah. He he's traditionally preferred drop coverage. So yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I guess my, my general point is, okay. Like would I like, I mean, I've said it a lot. I, I'd rather have uh, them draft Okongwu or Wiseman and that almost forces them to make a good choice with Drummond. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if they, you know, for this year, I liked having him on the team. I thought he added some watchability. I thought he added something different. He added a talent on the floor. Now, would I trade him for Hayward? Yeah, I'd actually give up assets with him. I would do that. I would mm-hmm. trade a heavily protected uh, first or, you know, maybe a couple seconds. Would you um, trade Jetty as well? Probably. I don't know. Okay. I, Jet, Jetty is, is a nice player but whatever yeah it's no, not a, I, it's not a deal breaker for me as much as i i like the, him as a rotation player he's, he's that, an though. eighth ninth man yeah yeah the theoretical yeah. polish on jetty has come off a little like he's still our large adult son but like we know he's yeah. not like gonna be yeah uh you know nick batum so i guess my 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 question for for you is like isn't hayward like the perfect complement for this young core a playmaking three that doesn't need to eat up 25 shots a game can defend uh switch uh, upsized to the four, like he kind of makes a lot theoretical Hayward, even a limited theoretical Hayward, actually makes a lot of sense for the development of this team in a way that, as Chris has kind of bemoaned, maybe Drummond doesn't. No, I, yeah. I think he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. I win. Sweet. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> you're right. All right. You Let's just wrap the show right. here. That, that was call, very call concise. Train, nice. N- ne- yeah, next what, problem. What? We're now next going to solve the bridge of the polarization of world society and also mask wearing. That's not next. Absolutely. You Gordon know what? One, one thing we, that, we but... like to do. <laughs> good God. One one thing we like to do on this podcast, though, is peel back the curtain a little bit. And you guys have been uh, doing a series basically where you, uh, along with the draft and all that, you've been discussing some free agency options for the cast. I want to know how much do you actually mm-hmm. care about who they like sign in free agency? Because the Cavs are kind of in a unique situation where. They have a lot of kind of young guys that you want to get reps at basically every position. Like you, you have a, you have Windler, you got, I, I guess, Jetty, uh, KPJ, Sexton, Garland, like a, a lot of perimeter guys. 
how, how much do you really care about using that free agency spot? Zero. Okay. Chris. Uh, good. Like I, I, I was curious yeah, about that. I, yeah. I was wondering how much yeah. passion there actually was behind that or yeah, if guys, it was just Martin. Marketing pro tip live next I mean, time. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I somewhat, I somewhat care because if the Cavs are going to commit at least that kind of money to a player, you expect them to crack the rotation or be a meaningful yeah. member of the rotation. But the Cavs have a ton of mouths to feed next year because they're going to be bringing in two rookies with Windler and whoever they pick at five. Then you have Porter, Sexton, Garland. Love's here for the foreseeable future. Drummond is still a Cavalier, so he's here. Nance is here. Nance, Dante yep. Exum will probably be the fringe guy at the end of the ro- end of the rotation, and then like after that, if Dean you Wade, Love, or you flip Drummond, <laughs> the players, yeah, Dean Wade as well, yeah, and, like the players you do flip for Love or Drummond, like those two are going to be, or not two, but whoever you trade for, those players are probably going to expect to be part of the rotation as well. So it gets really murky and. If so, you trade Drummond, yeah, you're probably I'll getting lie, more like than ours. one guy back, right? Because to, to match that salary in all likelihood, yeah. unless it's a Gordon Hayward type trade or a Wiggins type move, um, <sighs> you're going to be getting multiple players back. So I, I uh, love this take because it's it's the dumbest thing to say that the Cavs have too many players, but they kind of do unless you go get a good one. Yeah, yeah, like, that's the problem. Reps. Like I, I think this is the year where you give the reps to the young guys. You find out what they have. You you bring in the right veteran supports. And I, I think for the most part, listening to you guys on the pod, uh, I think you're on kind of the right train where you want like a three four tweener that can play either position. I love that that's no longer kind of like a negative term tweener. You you want a guy that can play both spots and, and fill that in the rotation because Love is going to miss time. Larry Nance has been kind of injury prone and you need a veteran presence to bench some of the young guys for when they have an off game. So um, I, I think you guys are on the right track there. I, I was just curious about how much stock you were going to put into that kind of thing and how much you actually cared. Oh, like, if it was going to impact your out, off season outlook on this team. Uh, I'm more concerned about what they do in the draft, like the mid-level exception, whatever they use it on. It's going to be a, that player will be here for a year or two tops. And Mm -hmm. it's not like I expect them to be a long-term part of the plan going forward. So I'm not too, too concerned about it. More so concerned about what they're going to be doing in the draft. And at five, I thought, I mean, it is the safest outcome for this Cavs team, but they still could get wild with it based on what the four teams ahead of them end up doing. I'm, I'm happy to hear that you guys aren't, aren't choosy or stressing about who the Cavs bring in. But you know what? That is not a luxury employers have. And that's why Indeed is out there. They got your back because even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving. And that makes hiring more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gives you the best people fast. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only need, you only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Carter. I find it interesting that Indeed tends to market themselves towards businesses and not job seekers. That's all. I just have always thought about that. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day or day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't you forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Nicely done, Carter. Wait, wait, wait to question one of our sponsors, one of our loyal not, sponsors. That's not a question. That That's just, it's an observation 
uh, that has no value attributed to it. Well, you know, maybe I'll be posting for a co-host. How about that? You know what? I want to I want to go into reruns here a little bit. I, I played a game with Nam last week on the podcast, and I want to get you guys to share your opinion on this. I think we all agree Kevin Porter Jr. has the highest upside of the young Cavs right now. But of the four young guys, I want you to rank them in terms of how confident you are they'll be good. Uh, Chris, we'll, we'll start with you. So if you had to rank are them. ranking but, like careers? Yes. Like how, how confident you are they're going to be a valuable contributor in, in the NBA, basically. Uh, uh, you know, Chris, Chris seems stressed. Hmm. Maybe we'll. Maybe no, we'll I'm go good. no, I'm good. No, I'm good. No, I'm good. Sexton's one. Okay. Because he's already, I think, I think he's already pretty close to it. Agree. Um, I've I've come along. I'm I'm fully on the Sexton belief. I'm 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 a I'm on I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy to see it, my friend. You our, you, our you, listeners you have like me broken you, us. You no, like I'm, me have seen the light. I I'm I was a questioner. Now I'm a believer. So as, as as someone who like does use like a decent amount of data and like think about things, I also just am like give me the guy who's gonna work his butt off and like be a psycho about that stuff. Like I there is something about that. I'm just like I'm I'm a sucker. Okay. Um, KPJ number two. Mm-hmm. I think just by virtue of his pedigree, you have to go Garland at three, but year two is going to tell us so much about him. I think this is a really, really big situation. And then Windler is, is four, but it wouldn't shock me if like Windler would end up being three. Like, again, I think year two for Garland is going to be incredibly pivotal for his career. Cause if he looks like trashed a lot of the time again, mm-hmm. we, we, you probably got to start wondering like, okay, what, what is the point here? All right. Kevin, you go next. Carter, we'll, we'll let the guests go first. Well, I appreciate that. I think Chris and I have a similar list, but I disagree. Well, it, it would go Sexton first because one, our listeners broke us and two, like I was down on the Colin Sexton pick when the Cavs took him and he surpassed a lot of my expectations his rookie year, but I was still on the fence about him a little bit. And then I think, you know, this pretty well, Justin, I think all of us know this. Um, and then eventually, just I don't know. I think Colin Sexton, you really can't put a ceiling or a cap on what his potential or what his actual ceiling is. And I'm excited to see where he goes with it. And maybe mm-hmm. he becomes a multiple All Star caliber player. Maybe he's not a world beater, but he's, ar- like, he's already know. a very efficient scorer, right? Yeah, like, yeah. No, he tr- like he, the the numbers don't lie; they speak for themselves. So the like, fact guess, that he's done this with four head coaches and a roster that at, at times has literally made no sense is just honestly pretty impressive. And a roster <laughs> that's like openly hated him too. So yeah. Thanks, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, just a little bit. But, you know, it all changed when the Cavs really traded Jordan Clarkson. It just everything clicked for Colin after that. But then I go with KPJ, too, just based off of potential and just like his physical skill set and abilities. And, you know, again, another player that surpassed a lot of my expectations. Uh, I think listening to Trevor talk about KPJ for so long kind of soured the waters on him for a lot for me. And the fact that he comped with Nick Young was a red flag in itself. And I'm happy <laughs> to say I'm wrong about that. And then I'd firmly go with Garland third, not because of his pedigree, but because Windler scares me a little bit. Um, he's going to be a very old rookie coming in next year. Um, multiple leg fractures and setbacks with that are concerning. And, you know, he could have a career that's ultimately derailed by it because John Bayline didn't understand that you can't do two a days in summer league, but um yeah, no, I'd go with Windler four, and he'd be a little bit more of a distant four than I think Chris would have him. <laughs> Carter? Um, I think that it's probably the same order, um, though I want to take some issue with our our listeners for you saying that I was all the way out on Darius Garland. I thought that was Nam that did that, but you know what? It, it could have been either of us. We're, we're just so handsome that when we're talking to each other, we, we just get sidetracked by each other. What an unbelievable thing. So, cause, so I need to set the record straight now so you don't get to fucking victory lap on me later. As the Oh, I, I'm still going to fucking victory lap on you. Who are you kidding? Continue. So I think that uh, Sexton is definitely uh, number one in terms of my confidence. Um, I think that I've over the off season, just thinking about it, I think I've come a little up on Garland and maybe just a smidge down on KPJ Mm -hmm. Not down, but like just less in the clouds. Like there still is a world in which he is, you know, kind of just a Nick young type. That's like a bucket getter. And, you know, we don't see it translate to winning basketball. Like it's not, it's not impossible, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Alonzo Trier had a really good end of year for. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, buddy. Oh, oh my. Whoa, God. Hey, 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 hey,
I, I, I look, Kevin. I Porter did that Jr. just so you'd yell at me. I'm sorry. Like, Kevin Porter Jr. Like as a rookie, like that, like he fouls a shit ton, and he like sometimes he clearly like doesn't know what he's exactly doing. But he's the finishing uh, numbers for me. That yeah. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. But there's like little stuff he does where I'm just like, okay, this guy actually like kind of gets it in a way that's kind of like you can't exactly like develop or teach, and that's where I'm just like, yeah. And it's kind of the same for Garland too. Like he he has some passes and some like some three point attempts where I'm just like, Oh, like he kind of understands the floor pretty well. It's just like, yeah. KPJ is going to be a guy that will always have very bright flashes. It's just about how frequent those flashes are and and consistency. The heat performance is just like, like, holy shit. Like, holy shit. This guy like is 19. And it it was looking at me or there. It it was, (laughs) and it was telling too, that like the Cavs were willing to considering how much structure they've put around him in efforts, like make him comfortable and help him like grow as a a human being. Like it was really interesting to me of how much they were willing to throw at him. That, that Mm -hmm. tells me they think pretty highly of him too. And obviously the fact that Dan Gilbert threw a bunch of money on the ground to pick him. You make one Alonzo Trier joke and you don't get to finish your list. Yeah, you you so. made an Alonzo Trier joke. Like that's yeah. that's the problem. Okay, but, no, but, but but seriously, I think I think Garland. You know, I I think my big thing with Garland last year was that not that I was lower on his ceiling, but that his floor was lower for me mm-hmm. after he struggled so much after his rookie year. Was that you know there is a and I I think I said as much to Justin at the time, which is like there is a chance at win and there's a much more believable world, which he's just not very good. Um, like that is more possible as your say, as your sample size goes on. But I don't think my opinion of his ceiling ever really changed. You know, I think that if he's a 40% killer three point shooter, the pick's going to be a winner. Mm-hmm. If he's not, if he's, if he's, you know, um, if he's just a, a good three point shooter instead of a great one, I don't know if he's got the athleticism to and size to get past it, but I do think the talent to become that uber elite shooter is there. So, you know, maybe a fully healthy Garland with his legs under him shows that often. That's why I almost have him and Porter as a tie as two A and two B and Winler. You know, I mean, we just haven't seen him for what, yeah, I, what and- I'm more interested in is, is the second part of Justin's question last week just continue the repeat theater is well I want to I want to at least get their reaction because I, I'm, I'm sure these guys they're, they're too busy to listen to our humble little podcast here with the, their big schedule and whatnot but my list and I'm putting my flag in this oh, and I I'm, forgot I'm, you got I'm ready I'm ready to be well so yeah. you're going twice you're gonna you're literally gonna do the same well I'm doing it just for their take. benefit I'm doing it for their benefit I'm Justin's clinging to Darius Garland being good with his dear life at this point. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm I'm, I'm going I'm going Sexton, Garland, KPJ, and then Wimler. Um, and I'm ready to be loud wrong on that end. You know what? It's it's a little horrifying that Chris was kind of willing to entertain that Wimler would be higher than Garland. Uh, you know what? I, I've been wrong before. I'm going to be wrong many, 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 many times in the future. But I just feel very, very confident that he's going to be a quality starter in the NBA. I, I think... You're pulling a Chris Manning. I see. I get you. <laughs> to respect to my name. Look, the I I think it's like a it's not a likely chance that Windler is like better than Garland. I would say in most outcomes, like Garland's going to be better. I think it's just like I look at Windler, and maybe this is just like I've just seen how like guys who can shoot the hell out of the ball like have been able to come in and make an impact. It's just like I just feel like he might be able to come in, and we're just like, oh, this guy can like just bomb threes and create space. And if he's like, can do that, that provides value. And it's just like, I just Garland to me is still just such a mystery box where like there's stuff I really like. And then there's stuff I don't like. And I got, you can either be like, I don't know how good he is, or this guy literally played a full, like a, whatever the NBA percentage of the NBA season that guys played after like not basically playing basketball for a year. And he's really young. And it's just like, I feel like even though like we have data and film and everything to work off of, like, I feel like we don't know a lot about him yet. And it's just, we're going to learn a lot this year. And also like, remember he was hurt at the end of the year. Like in, he was out of the lineup when they had a little bit of success there towards the end under JB. So like, I, I think there is just so much unknown with him that, you know, I just, I'm like, I just don't really quite know what to make of him in a lot of ways. For sure. Uh, Justin, uh, anything from maybe two, three weeks ago, you want to just reiterate on the pod? No, or no, I'm good. I'm, I'm good for now. Well, I'm good for now. I do have a question for you guys that we kind of went with guests for a while. If you had to give Darius Garland a grade for his rookie year, what would you give him? Oh, God. Like a, a C. 
a C minus uh, yeah, or a D yeah. plus. Probably. Oh, we yeah. gave, uh, that, we you, gave him a D. Well, are we grading on a curve? I think did we? I think we uh, also uh, were like incomplete. Yeah, we gave an incomplete to him because we just aren't sure what we have with him yet. That's that seems, that seems more like it. what I, the question I wanted to ask though is exactly what Justin asked on last week, which is kind of where do you expect who the Cavs draft at five to, mm-hmm. to fit into that Cavs future power rankings? Yeah. Um, and we'll so there, press. Let, like let's say you could pick anyone from this cl- draft class. Like let's pretend that you have first overall pick, your dream pick, and and oh. you're going and you're going with your confidence rankings. Where would you oh, put that, okay. that player in your confidence rankings re- relative to the young guys? Oh man, um, mm-hmm. that's interesting because I I think it's this feels like an eye of the beholder draft in a lot of ways. No, mm-hmm. yeah, honestly, um, like for yeah. me, I wouldn't put like. I wouldn't put anybody uh, ahead of uh, the top three on my list right now in terms of kind of confidence rankings. Like I, I'd only have them over Windler and it's funny to think like if Windler is actually as good as the team thinks he is this, all of a sudden this becomes interesting. Like when I put KPJ behind Garland, um, I'm very high on KPJ. So that just shows that I'm ridiculously high on the Cavs right now. Um, I I like this young crop, but I'm like you. No, no. You know what? I, I reject that because I hated a lot of picks in the past. I, I hated about four or five picks in a row for the Cavs. I, I just like this crop, but interested to see where you guys would put your kind of dream pick in this draft in the confidence rankings. Can I say something a little controversial? Mm-hmm. I, if the Cavs get uh, Wiseman, I think I'd put him tied with KPJ and Garland. I'd agree. Well, with that. He, like, I don't think that's I'm gonna, that controversial. I'm gonna, Basically, I don't. I don't think he's getting past three. I don't think he's there. I don't. I think he's like out of the running unless something changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kongu. I put Okongu. I have both. Those I love. Reasons. I prefer Okonguda to um to Wiseman just because I look at Bam and I'm just like, can I get eighty percent of Bam? Yeah, Okongu is my top guy in this draft. Like, I, I'm really hoping that we've been there for a while. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping that have. him as the name that the Cavs are looking into but have never been connected to. I'm hoping that maybe uh, I'm optimistically reading the tea leaves there and, and hoping we get surprised. Because Evan, actually, you made a great point in uh, the Chase Down Discord today where you were looking at the final mock drafts from Bleacher Report on who it would have the Cavs picking. And it was Kyrie Cantor. Harrison Barnes and Alex, Alex Len. Yeah. Like the, those, were, those were the final mock drafts for the Cavs. Like we, uh, e- even if the Cavs are putting some information out there and you have to be a little more transparent because you're not able to see the guys in person and you have to put out lists on who you want to interview and things like that. They they really don't let a lot of things leak. Uh, it, it seems like none of their yeah. trades have been broadcast before it happens um kobe altman seems to be fairly secretive so even if um we we have a little more information out i still feel like the the Cavs are a wild card in this draft no i really agree with that and to answer your first question like my personal ranking for the Cavs, i think i have on kongu first and if you could i've really talked myself into wiseman and i have him too and he's a little bit of a a closer to and then after that i have avia just because i like his potential as a defender and a playmaking wing and i feel like he's one of the more safer picks and then if i know i meme about Lamelo ball a lot but like i could not trust Lamelo as far as i could throw him after like his pre-draft interactions with the media and just based on you know like you said justin in the chase down discord he had the worst 30 minutes interaction with the media of any draft prospect ever which is really telling um so if I if the Cavs if I had a perfect scenario and the Cavs took like a Wiseman or an Kongwu, I think I'd have I don't think Carter's take was really that controversial. Like I could firmly put either of those like in that two A, two B, three A even conversation and then yeah. just kind of see where the ships fall from there. But some of these other guys, like Okoro has a lot of issues with terms of shooting, but the I the Cavs do believe it's fixable. Vassell butchered his shot and broke my heart so he's dead to me at this point so <laughs> it's just a shame but um once you drop into tier two of this draft class uh, and they, to be clear i'm talking like our tier twos not like you know the anthony edwards who i think we're all pretty all out on yeah i think they move into that windler equivalency of yes like, you know maybe a bit higher value than him you know just off, off pedigree alone you know if you go get a no coro <laughs> uh you know that guy 
probably has a higher ceiling than Windler, but like the team just seems to love Windler so much that yeah. it's got my brain all messed up. Like normally, <laughs> I, I, pro- I honestly, it's one shot in summer league and then a year of praise from the team that has me like, you know, like we kind of believe in Windler in spite of, you know, like, you know, based just on nothing, but we yeah. do, I, I do at least. So, you know, I think that's kind of where I'd put anyone that isn't, you know, Okongwu or Wiseman. Frankly. I think that I think that's a fair assessment. And to your other point, Justin, like mock drafts really don't know anything. I think Killian Hayes shared with the media when I was in his session that he said, "Yeah, no, my agent will send mock drafts to me, but nobody knows how these are going to go." And like you said, them kind of sneakily bringing Kong Wu into the conversation, maybe because Dan isn't the best at evaluating prospects. I mean, in bad draft years, like he wanted Victor Oladipo, the Anthony Bennett draft, that was the right pick. And I'll give Dan credit on that one. But I think if you give Dan like an easy comp, comp comparison and say like, Hey, this guy's like bam out of bio, you could sell Dan Gilbert on that pick pretty quickly. Cause mm-hmm. even though Dan has ceded a lot of control to Kobe and JB, he's still running the show behind the scenes at times too. And you obviously need his input cause it's his money you're using. So if the Cavs do blindside us with an Unkongwu pick, because up to this point, it seems like he is a very distant tier two option for them with like a lot of the wing players being in, the, in their tier two, besides like, you know, the presumptive big three being their tier one. Um, I'd be super content with that because I think that's honestly the perfect player to go to Cleveland. And if he can mm-hmm. shoot the, his limits even higher, but if you, like you said, you get like an 85 ish percent of Bam out of bio and you're getting that out of this draft. Um, yeah, just keep moving on. You're good to go there. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, my analogy for this draft is, or my analogy for this Cavs renaissance, rebuild, whatever you want to call it, think of it as a long road trip. This is not your stop where you're going for dinner. This is your stop at a convenience store. We're eating a hot dog at a convenience store in the middle of nowhere right now is what we're doing. Right, right. It doesn't give me indigestion. We're we're getting... we're well, you're buying fuel. the pep you're buying the pepto with the hot dog like you're well, just no, like no, i'm no. gonna cover you're, my bases no no like you don't go into the convenience store saying i'm going to swing for a home run here because the home run is that egg salad sandwich and odds are if you if you gamble on the egg salad sandwich you're going to end up shitting your pants midway oh, you're you in, in a mile or two you're going to shit your pants just go with jack links jerky get some peanuts and that's going to sustain you. That's going to help you make this drive happen and get to your destination of the playoffs. That's what this damn draft is. Go get your peanuts and mm-hmm. your jerky. That is Okongwu. That is Okoro. Go get a nice defensive player to, to help round out this roster because you're not getting a cornerstone guy here. And that egg salad sandwich that is Anthony Edwards or Lamella Ball, that's not the answer. Well, what if what if the no, uh, or Obi Toppin? Obi Toppin is the gas station sushi. Let's to to complete this analogy. What, what if oh, yeah. what if one of the hot dogs looks pretty fresh, and that's James Wiseman? <laughs> <laughs> I like. I mean, that. his his legs are about as that's skinny fair. as a hot like dog. Like you so. just saw the attendant put that one on the rack, so you know it's not like gonna it be, hasn't it's been not sitting been there for three long, days. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's Wiseman I, for me, and I'm go I'm taking that chance ten times out of ten. Maybe. Oh yeah, if Wiseman's there, I'm I'm. You know what? I'm I'm okay with that. I just don't think like all the reporting seems to suggest he's not making past Charlotte. Charlotte. So yeah, Rick Bono reported while we were recording that he's like going at three, and like that's about as lot that is that's about as dialed into the Hornets as you're gonna get. So cool. Mm. So you now at this oh, point, season baby. Yeah, look, we'll, I'm I'm yeah, a, let's do it. I I I think all I really want from this draft and just to like is to just see the Cavs like draft a player that is like a modern player that like actually sort of fits the stuff they're going to do and not be like, look, there's this 22 year old polished guy who can run the floor and can score and dunk and shit. But like it has the hips of a, of a, of like a piece of wood, as Justin said before you started recording. Yeah, wooden hips, <laughs> wooden hips and just like can't move. And like Carter, Carter, you, you put this perfectly on Twitter was just like, like you, the defensive clip you hit the tweet, the quote of the defensive clips the other day, you're just like, I was already like out, but I'm like all the way out. And it's just like, if this was another circumstance, he could absolutely be like a guy you could put in and do some cool stuff with. And like him as like a pick and pop and pick and roll threat with your young guards is like in a vacuum, like interesting, but I'm just like, Okongu staring you in the face is a modern big is like a modern defensive center. And you have, even if you don't want to go that route, there are multiple modern wings that are just staring you in the face. And what has mm-hmm. been the biggest need for the Cavs for like forever, it is a wing 
is a competent, bigger, stronger wing. And just like, just take one of the guys and don't go for the galaxy brain pick here. Just do something normal. Do something that it actually fits in with what you say you want to do and what actually the, the modern NBA game is. I don't think it's too hard. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and the only thing about OB I'll say is I'm not going to be super an OB pick would make me a little concerned because I think this is the make or break year for Kobe Altman. Not, not that they need to make the playoffs and that needs to be the standard or anything like that. But by the end of this year, we need to know what the identity of this team is. I, I think mm-hmm. the, the last couple of years I've been, I, I've liked a lot of the moves, the asset acquisition. I think they've done a lot of smart things with the limited flexibility they have, but this is kind of the year where you put your kind of, your um, your designs kind of need to start to come to fruition here. Obi, I wouldn't be super depressed about because while he's not going to be a cornerstone, um, I think that what he can bring offensively helps along kind of the, the guys I care about uh, on this roster. Like he can play well off them. He's going to be fun. But the reality is it really raises a lot of team building questions. And that would be my biggest concern with it. I don't, I don't think it, you're really screwing up a big opportunity cost here. Um, but it starts to make me a little concerned about how they're actually going to round out this roster. Here's a, here's a bit of a take that I have that is kind of hot. I think if you take maybe a time, I don't know. You guys can tell me if they take Topin, I think you just got to burn it all down. I think you'd like, gotta, yeah, I like that. If, yeah. if you get him, it's a little dramatic, but just, no, I, I think but it, like, like, this... like salary dump Kevin at that point, just clear out. Oh, yeah. Clear, trade drumming yeah, that like like no seriously right. like you you cannot like especially because kevin is just like not gonna play the five and he shouldn't play the five and larry yeah. is like i don't want to play the five he, well Larry's like larry La- he's a four you can you can push him to the five if you need to as a small like and have him like learn like play with topin and help like have him yeah. coach if you but if you take topin there is just no way to like actually use him in the right way and have Kevin Love and Andre Drummond on your team. So just like get rid of them. Bring you're, in you're Atlanta team. at that point. You're Atlanta, and he's yeah. your John Collins. Yeah. And like like I, I think like, that's bring, I think that's like, the right con. Give Ju- Juice Nerlens and Wall on a one-year deal and have him protect the room for a year if you do. That. Just I like think Chris is right. That, like just burn it down if you take Topin. It's a good take. Burn it down over if you pick Obi, and that's. Yeah, that's, that's fine. fine I guess, actually, like, I don't hate, I don't, I don't, over. I don't hate that because like, I'm, I'm actually more into the yeah. idea that the Cavs are like, should be younger, like tilt. I'm more into this idea with some adults around AKA Larry and maybe Deli, like to just be around <laughs> Alfonso McKinney. Yeah. Alf. Best, best, best wing defender on the team. Al- Alf, um, is, Alf is uh Derek Jones Jr. Without heat culture. I, I love Alf. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Derek Jones Jr. Is like long. Cause I, I um, proposed that the Chris on locked on where I said, why don't they just sign Alfonso Bikini on the vet men instead of throwing their MLE at Derek Jones Jr. Because the heat culture is not coming with them. Well, didn't they sign Alf to like a six year yeah. deal for yeah. your contract? That None was of it's guaranteed personally negotiated, year. personally negotiated with Dan. You know right. what? That was a great contract. So, you got there, <laughs> so I'm just, but if you take Topin, literally just burn it down. You know what? That, that's a good take and a good place to kind of wrap this up. Uh, we're, we're going to learn a lot more about the Cavs and where they're actually going over this next couple of weeks. We're going to have the details of the new season. I'm really excited for that. And then once the insanity starts, I guess we're, we're sprinting for next season. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, make sure you guys are checking out the locked on Cavs podcast and doing the same thing for them that you do with us, which is leaving a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. Also, if you want to be part of the Chase Downs exclusive Discord chat, you can send a screenshot of your review to chasedownpod at gmail.com, and we will send you a link to that Discord. Big thanks to Evan and Chris. Thanks to Mm -hmm. Carter. Thanks to all our listeners. Make sure you guys are staying safe out there. Go out and vote. And until next time, go Cats.